What are the five levels to entrepreneurship and what lies beneath the iceberg of entrepreneurship? Today we have a special message. This message may very well change your life. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of Arrow Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. Today, I'm super excited about this conversation that we're going to have on the five levels of entrepreneurship. Stay tuned to really hear some useful information, probably the best conversation you may have heard today, this week, this month, and perhaps this year. This conversation could change your life. So uh, let's introduce uh, Robert, uh, who's a serial entrepreneur. Robert Dempsey uh, is here with us to talk uh, more today about the five levels of entrepreneurship. Uh, Robert, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, well, good morning. And uh, thank you for really setting the stage (laughs) for this conversation. (laughs) You set the bar (laughs) high. I like that, Errol. Yeah, so absolutely. Absolutely. So as you said, my name is Robert Dempsey. And I am one of the top coaches and speakers for entrepreneurs. So what does that mean? Well, I became an entrepreneur at 22 and built three companies over 14 years. I've had leadership positions in four corporations. And then this past August, I went back to forging my own path. And along my journey, I have developed and sold online applications, consulted to Fortune 500 and Inc. 500 companies, authored a book on Python development, and spoken nationally and internationally on both software development and agile project management. Uh, And also, I'm currently a professional success coach, as well as the co-founder of four companies, Awesome to the Core, Jack ESL, FusionCell.ai, and Tie With Me. That is quite a lot. That is quite a lot. Uh, Quite a lot of great experience and great things to, uh, to be into. Um, so that, that's, that's great, Robert. So, uh, you know, for today, you know, we have had some conversation and in this case, I had connected uh, via LinkedIn, uh, which is where we initially connected and decided to kind of take the connection, you know, offline and were able to kind of uh, talk about some things that were important for you. And, you know, one of the things I guess is a precursor also for this conversation uh, is uh, one thing that you had mentioned there, but uh, is that uh, part of your experience has been interacting, you know, working, working for, working with, uh, and consulting with and learning from Jack Canfield uh, throughout this process. And as a kind of a precursor for the conversation, as we kind of go forward, is that as we kind of get through some of the, um, you know, some of these different stages and, and levels, there's something deeper that, uh, that we'll be able to get, it, get into, which is really related to some of the experience you've had. Uh, via uh, what uh, you know, Jack Canfield is is focused on with some of his, uh, you know, some of his 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 writing and his uh, his work. Uh, it, can you share a little bit about that as well before we kind of get into the five levels? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I am a certified Jack Canfield trainer in the Success Principles. So for folks that don't know, Jack Canfield is the co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. That was very popular. I believe there are 230 titles. They've sold something like near a billion books. It's almost like the McDonald's sign, like one billion served uh, back in the day. Uh, And so Jack has been teaching success for about 50 years and wrote a book about 10 years ago called The Success Principles and has had many trainings that I've attended, Breakthrough to Success, Uh, His Train the Trainer program, which, as you mentioned, I am now a recent recent graduate of. Um, So that's how I became certified to teach the success principles. And really what the success principles are, are a really a framework for getting from where you are to where you want to be. And I've used these extensively in my life uh, to overcome many blocks uh, and to really achieve goals in a much shorter time period than most people normally achieve goals. As you can tell, I'm a bit of a overachiever. So, you know, with entrepreneurs being very driven people, having frameworks in place that you can apply at any stage 
of entrepreneurship uh, to your life and to your business, really any aspect of your life. And my belief is business, especially for entrepreneurs, is just one aspect of your life. There's really no separation between these kind of concepts. That's really a, a just a human thing that we put up. Uh, but having a framework for being able to achieve success in all areas of our lives, to me, is very important. And this is a great framework to help people achieve that. And so I have coaching clients that I work with one-on-one. -on -one. I do live trainings to, to teach people the success principles and, and how to use them as well. Great, great, great. Yeah, I really, I really like uh, what you just shared about having a, having a framework and really being able to break down, you know, what we're doing into kind of steps and uh, with anybody that's really trying to achieve anything big uh, or just really trying to achieve anything that's very complex to be able to break it down and, and simplify it into steps and take those steps one at a time, compartmentalize it and, and be able to accomplish it is, is huge. So that, that I think is really what resonated with me when we were speaking and the, the idea of the, you know, five levels to entrepreneurship uh, came up. So uh, in terms of, you know, being, uh, being an entrepreneur, there's, uh, there's going to be definitely different levels where people get stuck. And they, a lot of times, maybe not, they may not see exactly what they need to do to be able to kind of move past that plateau. Uh, I know a lot of times that entrepreneurs will then seek coaches and people to kind of help to really look at the business and try to help them see how, what processes they can put in place to improve. Uh, but a lot of the, the challenges too that, that they might be experiencing um, are really related to some of the additional additional things that are happening because of the, uh, the growth of the business. So this is, is very interesting thinking about the five levels. So uh, Robert, can you uh, share with us kind of the breakdown of what you see the five levels of entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Uh, so it starts at stage one, which is enter. And then stage two is extend. Stage three is evolve. Stage four is expand. And stage five is exit. So here's what each of those means. So at stage one, enter, people are entering into entrepreneurship. So for a lot of people that I work with, they have <clears throat> determined that there is something more for them in life, uh, something that is really driving them, this kind of like inner calling to do, to do something greater than themselves. And they want to then pursue that. And they really have a belief that they can achieve something uh, greater than themselves. They're just not sure of the steps. So that is step one or stage one. Stage two, extend, is when you go from being a solopreneur to starting to build a team. So you hire your first employee. Um, you have to start really turning everything that you do into systems and processes so that you can more easily bring people into the company. And if you don't have those systems and processes in place, uh, then you can spend a lot more time teaching people how to just basically do all of the, the business things that need to be done. So that's really important at that stage. Stage three evolve is when you're really refining something that I learned in business school called the three P's, people, product, and procedures. Now product can also be services. You can also look at services as products, uh, depending on what business you're in. But really, you're focusing a lot on those three aspects of the business. Now, stage four then, expand, is when you have accelerated growth. So having focused on people, product, procedures in stage three, evolve, now you can really, really expand the business. So this is when you see companies blowing up from say nine or 10 people to 30 or 40 people, et cetera. All right, so you just keep getting bigger and bigger because you have the systems, the processes, the procedures, the documentation in place to be able to really scale up your operation big time. And then finally, stage five exits is when the entrepreneur gets to a point, maybe they've had the success that they wanted to achieve with that business. They've hit the financial figure that they want to achieve, you know, some milestone has been achieved and now what they're looking at is, okay, how am I going to exit this business and then move into my other one? So that could be a sale, it could be an IPO and then stepping back, right? There's many ways in which that can actually manifest.
So those are the, the five stages. Enter, extend, evolve, expand, and exit. I also call them the, the five E's of entrepreneurship. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. Well, yeah. So, you know, with these different areas, as we, you know, as I kind of, as I hear you go through each one of those areas, many things really come to mind uh, in terms of very specific challenges that entrepreneurs would be experiencing at each one of these levels and things that maybe they, they don't quite see, uh, things that they recognize, like scaling the, the business. People can mm-hmm. fairly easily see that they're having issues because they can't really manage the scale. Um, you know, but there's going to be some other things. Like I know we've, we've talked about delegation and mm-hmm. where that becomes more sort of a, of a requirement as you are trying <laughs> to move past solopreneurship. Uh, and as, a, as an entrepreneur, really uh, the personality types that typically might be entrepreneurs, uh, in this case, may have more challenges with trying to, you know, relinquish uh, some of the um, some some of that uh, to other people. Uh, so, uh, kind of looking at these areas, uh, there's so many different uh, so many different processes that could be looked at to try to improve. And I think we could even have a real in-depth conversation. And there are books written on just these specific areas. Why I had such a uh, a strong introduction for uh, our conversation, I think, is that uh, really as we look at these things, there's there's something much deeper that is spoken about, uh, that there's much written about. And ultimately, if you were kind of looking, you know, with what you do, say, as a, as a coach for, for entrepreneurs, uh, there's something deeper that is kind of flowing through this process that uh, is much more than figuring out exactly how to scale the business and what those processes are and what the processes are for delegation. And so, uh, so when we get into that area, uh, that, that there, there's so much more that that's there. And um, mm-hmm. so in this case, uh, that's something I wonder if at this point, without us really going too far into detail right now at the moment, uh, is that something that you think a lot of people that are entering entrepreneurship or that, or that are, are in, you know, throes of entrepreneurship that they're thinking about? You mean in terms of like, what is the shifts that are necessary at each of these stages? Well, so within each of these stages, you're going to have shifts and changes. Um, But when we take a look at, you know, outside of this, some of the other, uh, some of the other, I guess, principles or some of the other underlying, um, uh, some of the under, underlying challenges that somebody may have that are influencing their their ability to uh, to adapt in these particular areas and some of the obstacles. So, for example, uh, some of the you know some of the things I guess getting into some of the the principles that you've uh, come across through uh, through Jack Canfield mm-hmm. and some of the the principles that you implement as a coach, uh, they're a lot deeper than some of the the. The, the practical things that would need to be done to, uh, I guess, shift the the progress that's happening with the the business. Yeah. So absolutely, the thing with entrepreneurship is it is eighty. Honestly, in my experience, eighty to ninety percent mindset, and ten percent just figuring out how to do things. Right. The the execution. The thing for all of us today is that there has been so much that has come before us that the likelihood is that whatever it is you're doing or need to do, someone has done before. And as you mentioned earlier, Errol, there's a lot of books, a ton of information available on the internet. Uh, I think that kind of goes without saying of how to do pretty much anything you need. So for instance, stage one, creating a business, you know, how do I actually incorporate? How do I get an EIN number? All the kind of just fundamental logistics um, of getting into a business. All of that, in my opinion, is kind of the, the easy stuff. Where the difficulty comes in at any stage of the game is the mindset that you have and the shifts that need to occur for you to continue to grow not just as an entrepreneur, because an entrepreneur is really just a label that we put on someone, uh, but the as a person, 
Um, one of the things that they say in, in coaching and Jack says is that as a coach, you can only take someone as deep as you've gone yourself. So as a coach, you need to do the work as an entrepreneur. You need to continue to evolve your mindset as you're evolving your business in order to continue to be successful. And the old adage of what got you here will not get you there is absolutely correct. So when you say sticking points, there are absolutely sticking points. Moving from stage one to stage two, so enter to extend, starting to build your team, you mentioned delegation. For someone that has gained success being a solopreneur, which I absolutely acknowledge them for, that is both a pro and a con. Really, everything has pros and cons to it. So the pro is you've had success, uh, could have had financial success, you have a great book of customers or clients, and now you're so busy that you need to bring someone on. However, you've been operating for you know some number of months maybe years, depending on uh, how long it takes someone to, to get to that stage. You've been operating on your own for so long that you have this mentality of, I need to do everything myself. And when you bring someone on, though, you have to have trust that that person is going to provide the same level of service, same level of product, the same quality of product to people that you yourself will. I can say for me, when I was growing my web development business, that was one of the biggest challenges I had was realizing while someone that I bring on won't necessarily do things in the exact same way that I do them, they're still going to provide the outcome to the clients that I am looking for, right? So that's a mindset shift. Moving from working in the business to on the business, we hear that a lot. So what does that mean? Well, if you're working in the business, you are doing the work of the business, Again, going back to my web development firm and something that has served me for all of the businesses that I currently run, it is, you know, what is really the best use of your time as an entrepreneur as you are trying to grow your business? So is it building the team um, and finding the right people? In the book, Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about having the right people on the bus and then making sure the bus is heading in the right direction, which is pretty, you know, pretty important also. Uh, but having the right people on the bus. So do you want to focus on recruiting and really building your team? Do you want to focus on the product or service that you're building? Do you want to focus on the systems and the procedures of the business? Like what are you really good at and what do you have the most fun doing? And then you hire people for everything else. And that can also be, depending on where you're at in your mental space, really difficult to start letting go. And then even through exit. You know, I've seen Shark Tank. I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. And you'll see people get up in front of the sharks and want like astronomical amounts of money for small fractions of the business. And one thing that I learned also is having even a smaller piece of something that gets a lot larger uh, means you're going to have something that's a lot larger. Meaning if you do bring on investment later, maybe in the expansion stage to stage four, to get that accelerated growth, you're going to go to venture capitalists or some type of investment. You're going to give up some of your company in order to get. And so a mindset shift that's required there really is, okay, well, I'm going to be able to grow something larger. So while, yes, I don't have 100% of this thing, I still have a good chunk of it, and it's going to be even bigger. So my piece, I'm getting a bigger piece of a much larger pie. So all of these mindset shifts and what that requires at any stage of the game is having insight into what's really going on inside, looking at, well, what is holding me back from achieving that mindset that I need and working through all those blocks. And that's where a lot of kind of personal development stuff really comes in. And so I've done a lot of personal development over the years. I know a number of other entrepreneurs that have really focused on the personal development. So meaning looking at and taking a real honest look at, you know, who am I? What is my purpose? What is my vision? What are my goals? What is my level of belief in the, in my ability to achieve those goals? And, you know, through that, um, then it kind of makes going through each of these stages a bit easier 
but at each stage of the game, just like each stage of life that we go through, we'll keep having to review, go back to the basics and clear out any blocks to achieve that kind of better, not really better mindset, but a more improved mindset that's going to help to keep us moving forward. Does that make sense? It, it does. It does. And I, I, I trust and I hope that that really resonates with everybody that is listening to this. And what, what sounds really so interesting to, to delve you know, deeper into that concept is that you know, just those processes alone of trying to kind of overcome to move from one of these stages, it's, it's complex and it's, it's deep. Um, in this case, uh, I want to almost say that when we're talking here about the, the mindset and the vision that somebody has, um, that's kind of like the iceberg, the, <laughs> the part of the iceberg that's under the water. And I think everybody's kind of familiar with that, uh, you know, with, with that uh, analogy. Um, but in this case, you know, there's so much material that's out that's really focused on this mindset. And, um, you know, a lot of people that might be looking at getting into entrepreneurship or that are in, you know, I think a lot of people that are in entrepreneurship will kind of, they, they will kind of intuitively get this, but they may be, uh, may be reluctant in some ways to, to some of the ideas of the development. Uh, but in, in terms of the, uh, you know, spending the time to cultivate that mindset and having that be part of your process. If you're really kind of thinking about the whole idea of becoming an entrepreneur, um, you know, or in this case, uh, are thinking of an idea, you can more easily kind of think through the, the specifics of uh, the game, you know, and the process that you need to put into work and coming up with a good idea is, is part of it. But then there's this whole other aspect. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of thinking of Abraham Lincoln at this point. And, <laughs> you know, he said, you know, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the axe. Mm-hmm. And that, seem, that, seem, that seems to, uh, you know, to, to, re- to relate here, but it almost sounds like it might be counter, counterintuitive at the, at the beginning because everybody might think, well, uh, the most important thing is to get the job done, is to execute on this idea. And people put a lot of uh, thought into that but then for some reason they, they don't uh you know they they're not able to completely execute you know on that so there are two types of uh, actions that we can take the first type are obvious action or is obvious action and the second is inspired action obvious actions are things like if i have a goal of going to medical school then there are certain steps that i need to take the obvious actions, the well-laid path of exactly what I need to do to be able to get to medical school and then become a doctor. Uh, If I want to incorporate a business, there are definite steps for those. So in many aspects of business, there are obvious actions that we need to take in order to get towards the goal. And as you mentioned earlier, there are vast numbers of books, uh, huge amounts of information, on the internet that we can easily get to for that. However, one of the challenges with business is, as you said, knowing really which actions to take. So besides the obvious actions, it's, you know, what direction should I go in? And those are inspired actions. And a lot of people, I think, especially in the culture, and I don't really, well, I don't want to say a lot of people because I don't want to paint too broad of a brush uh, over folks. I come from software development. I did IT in some form or another for many years. A lot of really cerebral folks, very execution-oriented. And also, culturally, we're really trained to be execution-oriented. And that's good because you do want to be able to move forward. You want to move quickly. However, just like in your Abraham Lincoln analogy, you need to sharpen your axe and spend more time sharpening the axe than actually taking the action. And if you spend the time to sharpen your ax to sit and meditate or pray, depending on how you want to tap into your intuition or speak with however you view your higher power, whether you call that God or universe or literally just a higher power, you know, take the time to be able to relax your mind and hear that little inner voice that is telling you 
which way to go or uh, some random, sometimes some random, really random seeming things. For instance, uh, you know, I had seen you at a LinkedIn local event and saw you commenting on things on LinkedIn. And one morning after meditation, just, it just popped in my head. It's like, hey, you should connect with Errol. And then you and I met in person. Now we're doing the podcast. Who knows, right, where this is going to to lead. Uh, but either way, you are an awesome person. And I've learned a lot from you. And I'm really happy to, to have these conversations with you. So those are inspired actions. It's that little voice that is in you that is telling you kind of where to go. That, sure, it might seem a little scary at times. It might sometimes honestly seem like you're completely making it up. But listening to that is really what is going to get you to where you want to go. And a lot of people in my, in my experience have really suppressed that inner voice and it's not, not their fault. You know, again, we're taught to be very execution oriented in our culture, in many cultures taught to be, you know, focused on go, 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 go all the time. Uh, but it's just like in one of my past lives, I was actually a professional cook and we would do exactly what you said with the Abraham Lincoln analogy you have, you know, you take the time to sharpen your knife. And if you have a sharp knife, it is safer and you can actually move a lot faster because of that. The Navy SEALs have a saying, they say, um, what is it? It's slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And so if you read any of the books about the Bin Laden raid, they were in and out of that entire thing in 15 minutes. Why? Because they had taken the time to train over and over and over again. And so they were in and out with like insane, you know, insane precision. But they took that time to sharpen the ax so that they could then execute very quickly, very smoothly, and also very calmly. So a lot of entrepreneurs moving from one stage to another, you're going to run into a learning curve, or as I like to say, you're going to smack face first into a learning curve. You're going to, have to push where your comfort zone is, and you're going to have to figure out ways of dealing with that. One of the success principles, the first one, the fundamental one is accepting 100% responsibility for your life. And what that means is uh, there's actually a, a good equation for this. It's E plus R equals O. Event plus response equals outcome. Events are things that occur in life that we do not control. The one thing we do control though is our response to that event. And depending on our response to an event, we get an outcome. So if you are in stage one and getting ready to move to stage two, so you've been a solopreneur for a bit, you've had success, and now you wanna start scaling up and you're gonna need to hire somebody. So that's the event is you are so busy, you need to hire somebody. So your response could be, I'm going to hire somebody and totally micromanage them and, you know, we'll see what happens with that. You could get one outcome of that. You could hire someone and decide to trust them and just work through, kind of work through that inner fear that you have um, with folks or really not a fear of them, just a fear that you have built up in yourself and you'll get a different outcome uh, for that. But yeah, actually, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'll pull out a Forrest Gump. <laughs> no, I'll stop that right there. <laughs> no, I, I think uh, I, I think that we're it's a it's a good train of thought in terms of the uh, the mindset and you know what we're what what somebody is, is sort of using mentally to be able to move forward, and that that process takes uh, takes time, and it, it seems as if really when we're we're looking at sort of the the whole process of entrepreneurship or the whole process of success and the the pursuit of success uh, it's going to come back to some simple questions and you know one i think we've, we've spoken about too is is really the question of why you know why why do you want to be successful you know why do you want to have a business uh, why do you want to be an entrepreneur uh, and those that question for some reason is so difficult to <laughs> clarify and answer and really if you ask somebody that a lot of times they're going to feel put on on the spot uh and mm -hmm. it's not something that just sort of comes and it's not uh so going to be there you have to kind of 
work on that. And uh, so the, the why that goes behind all of this uh, is, is very deep. And so uh, thinking about the, this whole why concept and um, you know, what, why do you think that that might be something that people have, I guess, sort of challenges in trying to clarify? From my experience has been a few things. Uh, number one, right? We are influenced constantly by our culture. So whatever culture we live in, we're consistently hearing certain messages. So for instance, one of the messages you might hear is that it is selfish to want things for yourself. So one of the things that I always work my clients through, whether it's one-on-one coaching or training, is there's a great exercise that can really freak people out sometimes. It's called um, the I want exercise. And literally, you just keep asking someone what they want, what they want, what they want. You say, what do you want? And then they tell you, what do you want? What do you want? And the more you ask someone, the more the barriers break down and you get into what it is that person really wants in life. And so we have culture telling us certain things, certain messages that influence our behavior and our thoughts. Then we have parents, we have friends, whatever environments we're in, maybe, you know, work, uh, work is also a culture. So we have all these messages coming in and that really influences us. And depending on how old you are, you have been bombarded with these messages for possibly decades, right? Like 18, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And that gets really ingrained as beliefs. And beliefs are nothing more than thoughts that you think over and over and over and over again. You put a lot of energy into them. So you have all of this external influence. And so when you go to sit down and say, okay, well, what is, why am I really doing this? Your first thought could be, well, money. Okay, well, why do I want money? Because I'm told that I need money to be successful in life. And if I don't have money, then I'm not successful. Okay, but maybe money isn't, the thing itself is not really the driving force. So personally, I think it's great to want money. We need money. We all need money to live in this I think, but you know, what is it that money really does for you? So for instance, for me, I'm looking at a vision board here uh, that says the present future, which is something that we could talk about. But a vision board for folks that don't know is some type of board that has images of what it is uh, you want to achieve in your life. So mine has a gigantic pile of cash. It has an audience. I have Tony Stark's house on there, private jet, the Audi R8, which is really nice. Um, some business people shaking hands, and then the, the Tree of Life meditation. So what does all of that really represent, though? For me, it gets down to a lot more fundamentals and really closer to my why. So having money, just to go on that, because also I think that's um, – you know, money for most people, I've honestly, I've never actually encountered someone where money wasn't some type of an issue, maybe not a, a hugely negative issue, but definitely an issue in their life. So what does that money though do for you? Well, for me, it's connecting with other people, doing activities that I enjoy. It's traveling all over the world with my family, which is something I enjoy doing, meeting truly inspiring people, counting them as my friends. Actually, I have a list of 11 things of thoughts, of what having more money means to me. But then you also have the feelings that go along with that. So having money is also freedom. It is, you know, being in love with life. It's a sense of ease, of, of joy, of feeling worthy, excited, unlimited, grateful. Gratitude is a, a huge one. So we might look at why we're doing something initially at a service level, which could be money. It could be for stuff. It could be whatever, but I challenge everyone listening to this to really get into the deeper levels of what the achievement of that thing means to you, and that will get you closer to your why. And what that means, though, is being really honest with yourself, which can be difficult if we're not used to doing this. You know, we tell ourselves these stories over and over and over that become beliefs. It's selfish to want things oh, I can't have that, I don't have enough money for this, right? We tell ourselves these stories and they're nothing but stories. They're just thoughts and we can change our thoughts. And there's a lot of techniques to be able to change our thoughts. But get into 
the deeper meaning of what will that thing really do for you? And that will help you get closer to your why. Why are you doing this? And why is so important because when you run into challenges, whether it be in life, in a business, whatever, it is your why that will keep you going when things get extremely difficult and you almost see no light at the end of your tunnel. It is so dim that it's just like a pinprick and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to get to that? That is the time when you don't focus on necessarily the how, that's the time where you step back, you get calm, and depending on how you want to do it, maybe through meditation, maybe through prayer, um, if you are a person of faith, that type of faith, you, know, you get calm, you tune in to what is going on inside, and you listen for that inspiration. And it is that inspiration when it comes that will show you the next step, the next step, the next step, and ultimately you will get to where you want to be. But you have to have that clarity of why in order to have that inspiration to come and to really work in your favor. But I can guarantee, I can guarantee anyone listening to this, if you do that, then you will never be led in a direction that you do not want to be. It might be uncomfortable because you might have to learn something new or talk to people that you haven't spoken with before. You know, find some information you haven't gotten before. However, you can absolutely do it and it will lead you in the direction that you want to go. Yeah, that's that, that's really powerful, Robert. Uh, I'm reminded here of, uh, you know, of a meeting that I was, uh, was actually just in, you know, yesterday. And our, our conversation, you know, in this case, people that are listening don't know this is actually our second try at having this uh, conversation. <laughs> and we had to adapt to uh, some technology uh, challenges here with the application we're using for the uh, for the podcast. Um, the thing is that uh, in this meeting, uh, this was a you know corporate meeting, and we had uh, two executives uh, that had, were attending the, the the training or the the meeting. And the focus for the first executive, which is a fairly high executive, uh, large company. Uh, was really talking about vision and talking about the uh, really the, the, the foundation of the focus uh, for the company and everything that's been uh, directed uh, over years to try to positively sort of impact the market and positively impact clients and to overall uh, sort of move the, the company in a particular direction to, to produce a certain result. And it had me thinking then, and it has me, you have me thinking here about what it means to be a leader and the, the concepts that really as a leader and as an entrepreneur, I think that's, that's a big part of it. Uh, but I, I think actually a lot of entrepreneurs may not really be sort of ready for, for that. Um, uh, is, is really being able to lead other people with a concept. Uh, and it's not so much just the, the process, uh, but it's honing in on a specific, uh, specific underlying uh, idea to get everybody sort of on the same page. Because if they're not sort of buying into the vision, if they're not sort of seeing uh, that underlying why, that is the the corporate focus or your you know your your company's focus or your i guess your community focus uh then people's reactions or their adaptations to challenges are going to be not at the level that they need to be in everybody has to be focused on that same why and so sort of the the job of the leader is to really convey clearly that why and help other people that are not quite seeing that vision to be able to see it and to coach them to a point where they can really kind of align with that vision. And, um, you know, that just seems so, so profound and that, that, that seems, you know, so, uh, so interesting as a distinction, uh, and thinking of some of the sort of the, the, the requirements of the development to, uh, you know, be able to achieve success. As a leader, having that vision, always front of mind and beating the drum of that vision constantly is absolutely important. 
another part of that though that is equally important as is ensuring that when you do have a team so it's not just you when you have a team that each person understands how they fit into that vision and that they are fully bought in so that gets to the concept that jim collins talks about of ensuring that the right people are on the bus and as the company evolves as we evolve through life people will come and people will go and that's okay so when we start our business we have a certain vision of what we're trying to build and then as we're moving forward we are gathering information we're gaining experience then that vision may slightly change or it may absolutely stay the same but either way it's going to in some way evolve of how that vision will manifest itself so the vision itself can stay the same but the manifestation of that vision can change and as it is changing over time some people will still be bought into that or the way in which it's manifesting and some people won't and that's okay a couple weeks ago i held a panel event at make offices wharf uh, beautiful location downtown dc if uh, people listening haven't been there you should definitely check it out it's very nice uh, but i yep. was holding a panel discussion and one of the attendees asked the question he said what happens or what should i do when i've gotten to a certain level and i'm now just beyond everyone that's around me and I said, well, you need to up-level the people that are around you and keep moving. One of the things that I firmly believe is as we are moving through life, we have inflection points. And during each of these inflection points, literally who we are has expanded out. It is expand- We have become bigger. So it could be when you wake up one day and you have this huge aha moment, you have some type of epiphany in your life where you then have two options. And this gets back to E plus R equals O as well. But once you have expanded, you have two options. You can either suppress that and probably really become miserable. This is where dreams go to die. So people that say, oh, well, I don't have enough money to do that. I don't know how I'm gonna do that. You know, that's crazy. Or maybe they share their dream with someone and someone else tells them that they're crazy. So you can either suppress that growth and kind of stick where you are for however long you end up suppressing that, or you can lean into it and just start taking the next action and the next action and the next action uh, to, to continue to move forward. So as a leader and as your business is evolving and you have your vision and your vision, the manifestation of your vision is evolving going back again you know having the right people on the bus at each step of the way very important make sure that you're constantly enrolling and re-enrolling people in that vision and you do that by letting them know again what the vision is how they fit into that vision so you keep doing that and ultimately again um i'll just like jump all the way to the end there (laughs) ultimately at the end right you can achieve great things uh, by doing that. But again, it's this kind of constant, constant evolution. And I, I just keep going back to that because again, it's, it's so important that when these inflection points happen in our lives, uh, we do expand. And just to let people know that as it expands, people may come in and out of our lives and that's okay. That's just the, the natural progression of things. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's all, it's all very, uh, very interesting. And, you know, I think that, uh, that, that really gets into some other, other points that we could probably, you know, dig into, uh, you know, a lot more. Uh, so I guess, so from, from here, uh, you know, I think we've, we've really kind of covered a, a lot and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I will say that this last piece that you, you brought up, uh, you know, it's something that that does kind of clarify some things for, for me as well. And, you know, thinking about uh, the whole process of sort of growing past where you may have been, you know, before and having maybe a bigger vision. And uh, it definitely sounds, you know, interesting, the, the idea that, 
you know, once you see sort of another level of, of success that you want to achieve, um, there seems to definitely be a difference between, you know, really one person's development and another's and how they might be able to sort of handle that vision and to realize it. And again, getting back to, you know, the Abraham Lincoln example is, you know, the amount of time they've taken to sharpen their mental acts uh, to be able to handle that level of vision uh, in this case, and to be able to execute and to grow uh, really comes, uh, comes into place. And, um, and yeah, so it's, I, that I don't want to sort of maybe push past that, but another, another part, I guess, that's coming to mind is the, um, the importance of, of other people. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you have people that are much more successful, uh, they have a lot of information maybe to impart and can kind of help guide you through those next levels. Um, but you have to be, I guess, kind of receptive and open to receive from those, those individuals for them, one, to want to help and two, for, you know, in this case, uh, for them to kind of see that, um, that you're sort of, you know, open and willing to, you know, be coached or to, uh, be able to receive direction to get the help that you need, you know, otherwise you're going to kind of stay where you're at, or you're not going to have the opportunities that you want. And in terms of, you know, trying to entrepreneur um, you know ultimately you may have really big visions of trying to do something incredible but there's so many other things that because you have not sharpened that axe you're not developed to, to be able to handle the level of success that you think you want i am so glad that you brought that up errol because that is so true if we look at any of the large companies out there today that we respect google apple uh, Microsoft, depending on where you sit, <laughs> with like how you love how much you love Apple, really any of the Google, you know, any of these companies, a lot of them, the reason that they have been successful is because they had co-founders, multiple people working together, or you have a single individual with a large vision that then built a team around him or herself in order to achieve more. One of the things we talked about previously was as a solopreneur, you were going to hit a ceiling. You can automate as much as you possibly can in any given business, but you're still going to hit a ceiling of how far you can take that business. And that's when you have to bring in other people. And that can bring up all sorts of fun issues like trust issues, um, you know, worth self-worth issues. So do you feel that you're, uh, you have enough worth where people actually want to join you and work with you? Self-confidence, you know, what are people going to think of me? What are they going to think of my business that I've taken? All sorts of fun issues can, can crop up. However, when you get more people on board and there's, there's an equation that a Harvard uh, physics <clears throat> PhD came up with. And basically, basically the gist of it is, is that for every person that comes together and has the same intention, they, you start to square, I think what like each person kind of squares the, the, the energy that surrounds whatever it is that's going on. So for instance, <clears throat> with all of the businesses that I'm working on, my wife and I are co-founders. She and I can absolutely do more together than we could do separately, right? And so we also both have the intention of building these businesses together. Now that can be scary. For a number of years, I operated completely by myself. And I can say that I am a lot happier and a lot more successful because my wife and I are really working together. And that took, I'll be honest, that took work on my part. Uh, to, you know, open up and let her in and also realize that, you know, I don't have all the answers. And that can be scary to a lot of people because when you're looked at as a potential expert, then you may feel, oh, I have to have all the answers. And so reaching out to other people for help, asking for help, asking for information, asking for anything can be very scary to people. However, the more you do it, the more you realize is if someone says no, that's okay. One of the things that I practice is if someone says no, I say, okay, thank you very much. Next. And I keep going until I get to the yes that I want to receive. However, that again, though, gets into, you know, talking with other people 
and trying to find the people that you can work with to be able to achieve more. Yeah, humans were not meant to operate as individuals. Otherwise, we'd see a lot more <clears throat> successful, just pure individuals. We are meant to work in groups and we can achieve so much more together than we ever could. So, <clears throat> excuse me, there's different ways that that can manifest. One, first off, that I would recommend to anyone is having some kind of an accountability partner. If you are a solopreneur, or even if you are an entrepreneur, so you're a career professional, you're very entrepreneurial, you're working within a corporate setting, find an accountability partner, someone that you can talk to just each day and say, hey, these are the goals that I have. These are the things that I'm trying to achieve for tomorrow. Quick two-minute conversation. Did you achieve those? Yes or no? You don't get into why or why not? Okay, well, what are you committing to do today? And then <clears throat> you keep moving forward. So you do that with a partner. So accountability partners can be huge. I'm also a really big fan of mastermind groups. I am a member of a mastermind group. I have a few paid mastermind groups also that I run. And what a mastermind group is, for folks that don't know, it's a concept created by a gentleman named Napoleon Hill back in 1929. So it's definitely not a new concept. And anyone, a lot of people out there, Tony Robbins, Jack Canfield, et cetera, talk about having a mastermind group. What that is, is a group of five to six people that meets maybe once a week, once every two weeks. And you talk about what's new and good. You know, the, so the successes that you've had always start with successes. Each person gets, depending on how many people are in the group, six to seven minutes to say, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to achieve, or this is some issue that I've run into. What do you recommend I do? This is what I would like to do. What do you recommend I do? And for the rest of their time, the rest of the group will provide ideas or resources or whatever to help that person keep achieving. And then once everyone's gone around in that circle, then you say, okay, well, these are my goals for the next week or the next two weeks or the next month, depending on how often your mastermind group meets. I recommend at least every two weeks. My mastermind group meets every week. And here's the thing. When you have a group of people that is supporting you, that is providing other resources that you don't have access to, the level of success that you can have is honestly exponential. So in the mastermind group that I'm a member of, our concept is compressing our five-year goal into 18 months. There's a concept that you may be familiar with, Errol, that is, you know, work will expand to fill the time given. So if you say, okay, this is my five-year goal, then it might take you five years to get that. But if you say, I'm going to achieve a five-year goal in 18 months, then you get your brain working on ways to figure out how to make that thing happen a lot faster. And then ultimately, you'll probably find that you're going to have to ask people. <laughs> you'll ask people for help. So having people surrounding you that are supportive, that are the right people is so important, especially for solopreneurs. If you work from home and you're just heads down doing whatever it is you do all day, having that support network of people that understand where you're coming from can help you, uh, that are supportive, that can provide resources that you yourself do not have is so enormously important for success. And every top leader out there has some coach or some mentor or is a part of a mastermind group. And that is, that has really helped to propel them to success. So highly recommended. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Absolutely. And I, I want to share one thing on, on this to kind of piggyback and, and drive that point home in terms of the coach. Uh, is it, that is something that I, I recognize as uh, being of major value. And one of the things when we think about coaches, you know, we all think about, people that play sports and yeah, I'm a big tennis fan and uh, you know, playing, you know, mostly, but uh, in this case, thinking about some of the, the best tennis players out there, you know, if you look on the, the female side, I look at, you know, Venus, uh, you know, Serena Williams, uh, you know, Serena Williams can beat almost anybody on the planet. And the thing is she has a coach. And so if you've got, you know, people that are, are playing at these, you know, high levels, uh, there's a reason that they particularly get a coach to kind of help them, uh, even when they've achieved such a high level of, of success. And, 
Um, in this case, you know, working with other like-minded people to, to stay focused and kind of get access to new ideas, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously makes, it makes a lot of sense. So I think this was really good to, to be able to go into. Um, so kind of around the time that, uh, you know, that we have, and I, I guess, so from here, we really went into a lot of just helpful, uh, concepts. And ultimately I think that, uh, you know, what I said at the very beginning of this, that, you know, this could be one of the most impactful conversations that somebody, you know, may have today or this week or this month or there, uh, that at this point, because of the depth of uh, thought that this you know, conversation has gone into and the amount of resources that are even just available, you know, here that could help somebody achieve, you know, a new level of success and, you know, overall satisfaction and happiness in their, in their life. So I really appreciate being able to, to kind of get this recorded and, and have this available for, you know, for other, other people. Uh, so I wanted to say, you know, thank you uh, for that, for that, Robert. Um, now in terms of for today, so what I imagine is there's probably going to be, you know, people that are hearing this that think, Hey, you know what, Robert might be able to be a really good resource uh, for me to help in my, in my journey and in my sort of direction. Uh, you know, so in this case, if somebody is wanting to, uh, to connect with you uh, or, you know, to get help, you know, from you, you know, what would be the, the, the best ways for somebody to do that? For um, potential coaching training, definitely check out awesome to the core com. Uh, that's the business that I do all of my training through. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Robert W. Dempsey. Uh, I should come up there as well. And just also so that people know, uh, I do have a few things coming up. Um, I'm doing a webinar next week on Tuesday uh, about the five stages of entrepreneurship. So we're going to get into all of that. And then on June 23rd, I have a full day training on this where we will get clear on life purpose, vision, goals. We'll get into visualization and affirmation to help people believe that they can actually achieve those goals. We'll talk about accountability partners and masterminds. Basically, people will come in and by the time that you leave, you will have a roadmap for how to get from where you are to where you want to be, how you can achieve your goals, ideas of how to do that and much more. It's going to be fantastic. So that's on June 23rd. It's called Living Life on Purpose. So they can connect with me through any of those. Okay, great, great. And in the in the uh, the about section for for this uh, podcast, we'll we'll definitely have contact information, you know, for you there. Um, and uh, great. Well, you know, I'll just kind of round out the conversation here with one last piece of sort of uh, thought uh, or uh, that might be helpful for, for people. Uh, so this conversation really has come from a lot of focused effort on my end to uh, be active on LinkedIn. And I've gotten a lot of questions in terms of, you know, why focus so much on social media and, and trying to connect on, on, you know, online. There's not a lot of people that are directly around me that are, are really kind of doing that. Uh, and I think one of the reasons that uh, motivated you to connect with me is, is sort of that activity. And so ultimately, our conversation has really helped me clarify too that, you know, ultimately, what I've been working for is to be able to produce and access content that, uh, you know, would uh, be really very helpful uh, to to people at a deeper level. And so ultimately the activity of getting very active on LinkedIn and connecting has produced a piece of content like this that is really helpful in getting into sort of deeper, uh, valuable uh, information that can help really transform people's lives at the core. And so I want to encourage you know anybody in, in this case that is kind of thinking of doing different things to kind of listen to you know, that inner voice, like you, you mentioned, uh, start taking some action to move forward. And, you know, you'll be sort of amazed and surprised by some of the, uh, the outcomes that come from that. Uh, so wanted to kind of round out the conversation with that. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so again, uh, we'll uh, just say uh, we'll sign off for today. And again, Robert, really appreciate your time. Yeah, and thank you, Errol. I really want to acknowledge you for all of the, work that you put in on LinkedIn, you've put out 
a huge amount of great content. I love your videos. Anyone that is listening to this podcast should absolutely follow Errol on LinkedIn. He provides just an overwhelming uh, amount of value. It's not just content for content's sake. It is really great stuff. He is an excellent connector, has brilliant ideas of how you can also leverage it. And is truly, uh, Errol, I think you're truly an example of how to really use social media for the social part and the, the good that it can do both for your business and for your life. So I want to acknowledge you and thank you for everything that you do uh, for all of us out here in the world. Well, I appreciate that. That really, uh, that makes my day. Uh-huh. Definitely appreciate that. All right, Robert, we'll have, have, have a great one. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll connect here soon again. You too, sir. Bye-bye.